Chapter Three of the Upas Tree by Francis L. Barclay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Three. Helen takes the initiative. Having once made up her mind that it was right and wise to let Ronnie go, Helen did not falter. She immediately took control of all necessary arrangements. Nothing was forgotten. Ronnie's outfit was managed with as little trouble to himself as possible. They dealt together in a gay morning at the stores with all interesting items, but those he called the dull things apparently selected themselves. Anyway, they all appeared in his room when the time came for packing. So whole-hearted was his wife's interest in the undertaking that Ronnie almost began to look upon it as her plan. It was she who arranged routes and booked his passages. When Cook's check had to be written, it was a large one. Helen took out her checkbook. "No, no, dear," said Ronnie. "I must pay it out of my own earnings. It is a literary speculation." Helen hesitated. She knew Ronnie did not realize how much the new building and necessary repairs on the estate were costing her this year. "What is your balance in the bank, Ronnie? I haven't the remotest idea." "Darling, why don't you make a note of your last balance on your counterfoil?" Then, at any moment, you can add up all subsequent checks and see at a glance how you stand. Yes, I know you've explained all that before, Helen. But you see, most of my counterfoils are blank. I forget to fill them in. You can't write books and also keep accounts. If you really think it important, I might give up the former and turn my whole attention to the latter. Don't be silly, dear. You are blessed with a wife who keeps a very careful account of every penny of her own. But I know nothing of your earnings and spendings, excepting when you suddenly remark at breakfast, "Hello, here's a useful check for a thousand." In much the same tone of voice as you exclaim the next minute, "Hello, what excellent hot buttered toast!" Ronnie, I wish you would manage to invest rather more. My dear girl, I have invested heaps. You made me, but what is the use of saving money when there are only ourselves to consider? We may as well spend it and have a good time. If there were kiddies to leave it to, it would be different. I had so long of being impecunious that I particularly enjoy feeling bottomless. Besides, each year will bring in more. This Africa book ought to be worth all the rest put together. Helen was silent, but she sighed as she filled in Cook's check and signed it. Ronnie had spoken so lightly of the great disappointment of their married life. It was always difficult to get Ronnie to take things seriously. The fact was, he took himself so seriously that he was obliged to compensate by taking everything and everybody else rather lightly. No doubt, this arrangement of relative values made for success. Ronnie's success had been very rapid and very brilliant. He accepted it with the unconscious modesty of the true artist. His work meaning immeasurably more to him than that which his work brought him, either in praise or pennies. But Helen gloried in the praise. Kept a watchful eye, so far as he would let her, on the pennies, and herself ministered to the idea that all else must be subservient where Ronnie's literary career was concerned. She was ministering to it now at a personal cost known only to her own brave heart. End of Chapter Three.